Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Some boxes and gifts from last year that people put in, and so especially if you're part of the core here, we're going to put some over there in the fellowship hall, and maybe you might even see yours from last year, so you don't have to go out and buy another one. They're just back there, so... Grab one and, and use it, and uh, feel free to, to use that for that gift. And also, we still got a lot of these left. I don't want them to go to waste. We can obviously use them for next year. But if you didn't get an ornament, they're over there by the door going out. And um, our home church sent those to us, and it's been a blessing to be partnering with them. Amen? So I want to talk tonight about, about gifts for Christmas, Christmas time. And uh, I, w- I want to talk about the indescribable gift of hope. Amen. How many know hope is a gift? And uh, as you can know by the, by the title, there's really no way to describe hope. The Bible defines it. Um, the definition in the dictionary defines it. But really, when it's God, it's, a, it's almost like the joy that I talked about on Sunday. Because it is a hope that is from a believer in the, in the word of God is like joy that comes from Jesus. How many would agree with that tonight? The hope that we have as believers is different than the hope that the world has. They would use that word, I'm hopeless or I have hope, but it's different. It's not the same thing. And it's just like everything that we have in our lives is, is, is uh, magnified when it comes to the word of God and the things of God. I've got this note here. That, you know, I don't want to challenge you this week with your families, your friends, your neighbors, the people you hang out with, to make moments. Amen. Before the service started, I was back there with my granddaughter, and I, and I love taking pictures with them, putting them in my phone. I love going back and looking at pictures. Some of you get pictures from me sometimes. I know I sent one to Dwayne and Meyer this week of Elijah when he was... Five, five years old, and now he's a stud usher with a suit on. And uh, I'll go back and look at those pictures, and I send them from time to time to different people and show the growth. But it says, sometimes you'll never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. So make memories this week with your families. Amen. Do things that are, that are going to make you remember uh, that moment. And so 2 Corinthians 9.15, I've only got two verses tonight. I want to really hit home on this. On this uh, thought, thanks be to God, for, and it's actually in the Bible, for his indescribable gift. That's where I get the title from. God actually says that he as a gift is an indescribable gift. And I want to make a focus on hope, and, and I, I like and dislike when the Lord lets me have a personal example for my message. So I was at Sam's today, and I was just getting some dog food and some, some very simple things and um, there was a million people there. If you've gone to lately, I mean a million. It's craziness, and it's only Wednesday. I would warn you not to go anytime for the next few days. So I'm standing in line, and actually I needed some help um, because the lines were actually because the lines were so bad. They allowed me to go pay at the jewelry area. If you've ever that little cash register, someone said, "Hey, I'll take you here." I'm like, "Sweet." So I paid, and. And I, and I have this pocket right here, which is a great pocket. It's a beautiful pocket. It's a deep pocket that holds my wallet really well. 
when it goes in there. And so I thought that I put my wallet in there when I paid, and I definitely paid. And then I invited Jimmy to lunch. And so I called him and said, hey, what are you doing? I'm on my way back to church, and we haven't gone to lunch for a long time. And he goes, let's go. And so he rode with me, and we went to eat. And, and I was planning on paying because I invited him. If you invite someone, you should pay. So the thing came, and he tried to whip out his wallet. And I said, no, 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 and you know, that whole fight. And I reached down, and I went, oh, I'm going to lose this fight. And he never knew I didn't have my wallet, but I realized it wasn't there. So I had hope, real hope, that I was going to go back to Sam's, and I was going to walk in there, and they were going to have my wallet. But my hope was crushed. No one saw the wallet. No one has the wallet. I don't know where the wallet is. So our hope in our lives of, of and I still have hope tonight, that tomorrow I'm going to call in the morning, and someone's going to have put my wallet in there. I don't have any cash in it. I never have cash in it, but it's your license. It's your card. It's all that stuff you got to redo. Um, they haven't used, no one's used it, so I've checked my car. I just have hope it's going to show up. And Carla, my wife, knows that most of the time it does be, turn out to be true. I don't lose things. I just misplace them. Is anybody else like that in here? And it may misplace for a long time, but it'll show up later. So... I use that example that in our lives we have hope for something, and a lot of times that hope can be crushed and it doesn't work out the way we hoped. But with Jesus, God never disappoints. I'm very thankful that God never disappoints. And the hope that we have in Him is foolproof. It's a hope that cannot be crushed, it's a hope that will not be crushed. And it says, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Now I started thinking of gifts. And all, all, everybody does different things at Christmas, but, you know, when you think about an indescribable gift, that's a gift that's beyond description. I don't think anybody in here has ever received an indescribable gift. And you might have thought, man, this, I'm buying this, my wife, my husband, my kid, this is going to be the most amazing gift ever. And what kind of gift would it have to be to be called indescribable? It would be a gift that you'd open and say, this is beautiful. This is something I've wanted my whole life. But you would be describing it. So it would be describable. Or maybe it's a gift that carries an emotional feeling with it. It was given to you by someone very special. It was a complete surprise. I think that as you, as you get older, the more, in, the more special gifts are the ones that have meaning with them. How many agree with that? It's not about the things as much as the meaning behind it. And even going back to, I remember I still have in my drawer uh, letters from my daughters that that was, you know, especially when they couldn't afford. I'm, I'm so thankful now that they can afford gifts. Amen. And they, can, they can give good gifts. But when they couldn't afford gifts, it wasn't about the gift. It was about a card that they would write and they would scribble and they would write. And that, I still have them in my drawer and I pull them out sometimes. That's, the, that's a, almost an indescribable gift, but I'm still describing it. So what would make an indescribable gift? Or maybe you have been given a gift that you cared so little about that you didn't even want to try to describe it, right? Like I, I know the famous, uh, what's that cake that's so famous that nobody likes? Is it crisp fruit cake? I know that's a very non-describable gift. No one wants to describe it, amen. But Paul says in this scripture, 
Words aren't adequate. I want us to understand tonight that we have a God that is so amazing that that's the only word I can think of to describe him is amazing. It's my favorite word. I love awesome. I love amazing. And, and, we, and I want you to realize during this, this season that no matter what gift you get or don't gift, we have already been given the most indescribable, unbelievable, amazing gift ever, and it's ongoing every single day, amen, and it's Jesus. How many love Jesus tonight? You know, people have tried to describe him. If you've ever heard, I've, I play it once a year usually, that, that, that video of that man with that voice, and he, just, he says, Who, he, uh, what's it called, um, who's, your, who's my king? And he describes Jesus in such a powerful way. And I found this, that the council of, of a church back in 451 A.D., almost 1,600 years ago, were some of the greatest theological minds that ever came together. They tried to put on paper a description of Jesus, and I'm going to read it to you. They said, this is the, they said, this is how we describe God. Perfect in Godhead, perfect in manhood. Truly man of a reasonable, rational soul and body. Consubstantial, coessential with the Father according to the manhood. In all things like unto us without sin. Begotten before all ages of the Father to the Godhead. And in these latter times for us and for our salvation. Born of the Virgin Mary and of uh, of, of, of um the mother of God, according to the manhood, one and the same, Christ, Son, Lord, only begotten to be acknowledged in two natures, inconfusedly, unchangeably, indivisibly, inseparably, and the distinction of natures being by no means taken away by the union, but rather the property of each nature being preserved. Did any of y'all get that? Me either. But it sounded pretty eloquent. So I didn't understand that, you didn't understand that, but they were trying to describe the indescribable. And we have a way to describe it tonight, and it's our hope. Amen? So even when we bring the greatest minds together, hope that we cannot describe our, our, our hope in God, our salvation in God. Now here's, here's some examples of some illustrations. Um, of things that people would try to say that you should include on your Christmas gift if you have a lot of money. How many know that there's people who spend stupid money on crazy things? Right? I know none of us in here do because none of us in here have stupid money. But this particular thing I was reading, reading on Good Morning America says that there's a Jaguar, special 220 Jaguar, and it says if you order one, you go to the dealer, you put a $100,000 deposit down, and then when the automobile is delivered, you're expected to pay the balance of $507,000. So the car costs $587,000. And they only make 250 of them a year. So that's an you know, amazing gift. And then it goes on to say that if you have the money to buy that car, you can buy the most expensive wax in the world. And for an 8-ounce can, you can buy some ultimate shine wax for $3,000. $400. And then a third item they mention is a $300,000 gold and silver toilet inlaid with precious stones. <laughs> like these are real gifts. You know, what do you give to the person who has everything? A $300,000 gold and silver toilet. 
And of course, there are cheaper gifts like an $18,000 Frisbee, a $10,000 yo-yo, a $12,000 mousetrap, that might be worth it, and even a $27,000 pair of sunglasses. And then for myself and any people who are grandparents and you're wanting to buy the grandbaby a new gift, there's a $28,000 pacifier. So there's some dumb stuff out there, amen? And, and, and how many know that manufacturers and companies are going to put the ad out and they're going to make you want that thing by the time it's done? They're describing it in such a way that you have to have it. But all these things are describing even though it seems like, how would I ever describe that gift? There's a description. I want you to understand that hope is something you can't describe. It's something you have to live. It's something that, that happens to you, and it's just like that testimony tonight, and, and that's just exactly what happens to all of us. We get to a place of faith that we believe that God is in control and we're not going to let circumstances or problems or situations kill our faith. Because as a believer, this is the awesome thing. It's not like we're just playing the lottery or we're just throwing cards up into the air. We're tied to a God that says in the Bible, especially around the time of Christmas, that there's nothing impossible for him. Amen? Nothing there's nothing God can't do. And so as a believer, we are always on the brink of a miracle. You might need a miracle in your physical body. You might need a miracle in your finances. You might need a miracle at your job or in your family or in your health. Whatever it is, you can understand that I've got hope tonight, and my hope is not in something that's going to disappoint me, but it just might be deferred. How many know hope delayed is not deferred. A delayal is not a denial. Amen? How many have ever had God delay on something? Doesn't mean it's a denial. And the hope that we have tonight is a gift. And we can share this gift with other people. And that's what God's called us to do, is he's called us to be people of hope. So that people can look at your life and say, they, they, that seems like an impossible situation, but for some crazy reason, they believe that God's going to come through. And we believe God's going to come through on every situation. How many know it doesn't matter how bad it looks, we believe God is able? And we're going to believe that until the day we die. And some things we may never see come to pass, but we're going to believe because we have this indescribable gift called hope. Now, I want to read, actually, there is one more verse, and I don't think I sent it. It's, it's, in, in, it's a Christmas verse, and I'll just read it. You can listen to it. Luke 135. And the angel said to her. Now, how many know the Bible's full of miracles? Okay, I did send that. The Bible's full of miracles. Miracles are what? Something that cannot be explained. How many want God to do miracles in your life? We should be believing for miracles. We should be walking in the power of miracles, not, not stuff we can do. How many know if it's something we can do, we get the credit for it? But when you believe God for something impossible, he gets the credit for it. So God is looking for opportunities to do miracles in our lives. He just needs someone to have hope. 
So it says, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you and therefore also that Holy One is to be born and he will be called the Son of God. And we know, we know that that was the, one of the greatest miracles ever. We were talking about this in discipleship last week. I just want to reiterate it again. We give lots and lots of honor to Mary, amen, because she was a woman of great faith. She was chosen. She was a woman who uh, gave, gave all the glory to Jesus, to her Savior. But let me tell you something. The person who had to have a lot of faith was Joseph. If, I just want you to, uh, to understand that. Women, you're the bomb, and you have the babies, and we thank the Lord for that. But Mary knew very clearly she had not been with a man. She had no doubts. She was a virgin. She had not been intimate with a man. But somehow, some way, you can take the verse down, somehow, some way, Joseph had to have the faith to believe when his girl came to him and said, Honey, I know you're not going to understand this, but I promise I have not been with anybody, but I'm pregnant. I just want you to put yourself, man or woman, in Joseph's shoes. Mary knew she had not been with somebody. Joseph did not know that, and there's no way in the world he would ever believe that without a miracle. And thank God he sent an angel. Because some miracles need angels. Because there's no way Joseph would have not put her away if he hadn't had the angel show up. Can I get an amen? So we see all these miracles coming to pass, but here's what hope is. We read the story. This is the blessing that we have tonight. We have the, the written word finished. There's an amen at the end of Revelation. So we know that the book is closed, and it's the, the story's written, and we know all the books are done and all the story's done. And so we're able to see the Bible and its finished product. But how many know that in the Bible when those things were happening, like the virgin birth, that was a place of hopelessness. And they needed to have hope in that situation. We need to have hope in our situation today because God is trying to do a miracle in our lives just like he did in the lives of them. But we got we to gotta continue to hope we got to continue to hold on to the gift. Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Elijah all went through times in their lives where they had to have hope. Undescribable hope. Hope that was a true gift. You think about Joseph being sold into slavery. You think about Abraham being told he's going to be the father of many nations. You think about Moses, God telling him, even though you can't speak, I'm going to use you to get all, your, all my people out of slavery. The Bible's full of it. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament, we've got Jesus' birth. You've got angelic appearances. You've got dreams. You've got words of knowledge, signs in the heavens, unusual happenings. All these things are taking place, and they're showing us that miracles happen, but miracles don't happen without hope. Because a miracle is something we're hoping for. If we already have it, we don't have to hope for it. You think about the book that we're reading, the story, the miracles. You think about uh, our miracles. How many know today we're living testimonies? 
I, I don't think that's very normal for someone to get a job and work from home and get paid for a job they're supposed to be doing somewhere else that's a, a nursing job. That's not normal. These are the, and the, God does this stuff to us all the time. We, we've had testimony after testimony. That's called fog. That's called favor of God. Amen? It's unexplainable. It's undeserved. But it's God's hand upon us, and he's showing us that we have an indescribable gift. Sometimes you just have to tell your neighbors and your friends and your family, I don't understand it. It's just God. Amen? When you look at someone who's been delivered of alcohol, when they say you can't, you'll always be an alcohol, alcoholic, you look at someone who's been delivered of drugs, you look at somebody who's had their marriage restored, you look at somebody who's back in their right mind again, all these things happen because of a miracle that happens because of hope. Now I want to finish the thought tonight with this. There's three things, three reasons, three big reasons why we have hope tonight. Number one is because of who Jesus is. Simply because of who he is. Paul says he's indescribable because of his nature. you got to understand, we're serving a God that is the only God. There are many gods that have been created by man, but there's nobody. I, was, I always tell people, and this is a good thing to tell people when you're witnessing, especially if they have never heard the gospel. I was witnessing to this Uber driver when we were coming back from the airport, and I'm hoping to see him soon. He actually texted me today and said, I'm going to come to church soon. And I was just telling him that this is, I believe with all my heart that, that the story of the gospel is absolutely true. Like I have zero doubts. I know without a doubt it's all true. But if you think about it, even if it wasn't true, which it is, it's the greatest story ever told. You've heard me say that a million times. If this was made up, it's the greatest made up story ever. That somebody would be, because nobody else has ever claimed in the history of the world to be born without the seed of a man. I mean, it's just amazing. And then to have that person go to a cross and die on the cross for the sins of all, all humanity. No one's ever talked about that. And then you take it a step further and says, not only did I do that, now I'm going to defeat death. And you heard me say this before as well in witnessing I'm going with Jesus because he's the only one who's ever defeated death. He's the only one in human history who's ever gone to the other side and come back. Amen? So that's, that's the end. We're, we're, we're describing it, but the truth is it's an indescribable thing. There's nobody like Jesus. Like how do you describe God in the flesh? Jesus. He's the only time in history that you say um, that God became a man. Only time. Jesus. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about this very briefly on Sunday. Emmanuel, Isaiah says, God with us. Like how do you describe that? How do you really describe God with us? How do you describe this? Now I'm telling you words, but, but you, they're not enough. How do you describe that God is all-powerful? Right? I'm saying it, but how many get what I'm saying? I'm saying he's all-powerful. I'm saying he's God in the flesh, but those our words fall short. How do you describe the eternal aspect of God? Have you, have you thought lately about eternity, how, how hard it is to even understand it? You start to think in your mind 
of eternity, and our minds can't even go there. It, it, we, we, it stops at some place because we only understand a watch in time. How do you explain an eternal God? Now, number two is because of what he did. His death, his burial, his resurrection. And number three is, is, is the most awesome one because of his gift to us. I talked about this on Sunday. Jesus calls us friends. That, that, should, that should give us an indescribable joy. Because not only did he become flesh, born of a virgin, live on this earth in a perfect way, go to the cross for us, die on the cross for us, and then resurrect for us. Then he says, not only that, and I was reading this in Hebrews this week. If you haven't read Hebrews, read Hebrews, especially right now. It's a good time to read Hebrews. When you start to read about how how God being God, all those indescribable things I just mentioned, he's so far away we can't even fathom in our minds how, how big he is, yet he shares his glory with us. How do you describe that? He shares his glory with us. He, he, he allows us to be part of his kingdom. People who are nobody. That's why it's so awesome tonight, church, why we have a, such a great gift People in this world that are famous, people in this world that are filthy rich, people in this world that have all the possessions and all the power in the world, they're going to lose it when they die. But the vast majority of, the, of humanity is not powerful, is not rich, and is not famous. And those people are the candidates to be part of the kingdom of God. Us nobodies tonight are going to be partakers of the kingdom of God, the, the kingdom of God on this earth. That's hard to even understand. That's a gift. And he doesn't ask for anything in return for it, to receive it. Remember that. A gift is only a gift if it is received without payment. So the greatest gift, and this is, this is what needs to be talked about at our, at our Christmas time. We need to, allow, we need, you know, some of us when we get together, we don't have a lot of unsaved family members, and so there's nothing to do. But if you have unsaved family members, witness to them. Christmas time is a great, Thanksgiving times you get together, share your faith. You got people coming over to your house that are not believers, don't be afraid to pray. Don't be afraid to talk about Jesus. Don't be afraid to do things that lift up the, glory, the name of Jesus Christ. Don't, don't cater to them. Let them see what a house full of God looks like. Let them see how your house is. Let them see how you live. Let them see what's important to you. Don't, miss, don't skip praying for the food. Amen. You don't do it for that, but they need to see that we're thankful and that we love this indescribable gift. So, as I close on this, here's some of his gifts to us. This is just a few. My sins are forgiven. You don't need a Christmas gift. I don't need any Christmas gifts. You don't need any Christmas gifts. Some of you say, I'll still take them, but we don't need them. My sins are forgiven. Hello. That's all we need. My sins are forgiven. Though my sin was red like crimson, my sin has been washed as white as snow. Amen. That's the indescribable gift I can open up over and over 
and over again. When I accept Jesus, I'm adopted into his family. I'm his friend. I'm his son. Some of us don't even know what it's like to be a true son or daughter of a real good father or mother. But let me tell you something. We're adopted into the kingdom of God, and we become his son and daughter, and we can call him Abba Father. Amen. Adoption. You know, you know when someone gets adopted, they get into a better life. They, they, they are taken out of, a, of poverty. They're taken out of sickness. They're taken out of a, maybe a, a dangerous situation, and they're placed into a family that loves them. That's what's happened to us. We were taken out of danger. We were taken out of hellfire. We were taken out of eternity in hell. We were taken out of the possession of Satan, and we've been adopted by Jesus. And the Bible says we are guaranteed citizenship in his kingdom. Amen. Another one is guidance. How many are thankful for the gift of guidance? The gift of guidance. Sometimes we don't use it, but it's there. I mean, the best way to get from A to B is to use Google Maps. It works. I'm not, I'm not promoting Google. They're not giving me any benefit for saying this, but it works. And it works for walking, too. Even though sometimes that little triangle doesn't go right the right way and you got to turn around a few times to figure it out before you finally get the path going. But it works. God has guidance for us if we use it. Amen. Or we can just do it our own way and end up going around the block 12 times. Amen. Guidance, counsel, protection. I'm just giving you a few. Peace. Give me a better gift tonight than peace. See, you can't buy peace. You can't buy the adoption from God. You can't buy uh, guidance from the Lord. These are things you can't buy. They're gifts. Indescribable gifts. Musicians, you can come tonight. Because of Jesus, listen, my mansion in heaven is paid for. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I guarantee you very few people in this world have a house paid off. That Praise the Lord for those that do. But most people have a mortgage. Church, if you have a mortgage here on earth, you don't have a mortgage in heaven. How many like that good news tonight? Your, your house has been paid for, and right now it's sitting in a place, a real place, a real place that's more real than this, even though we can't see it. You have got an address in heaven, and it's got your name on it, and it is built for you, customized by Jesus, the greatest carpenter to ever walk the face of the earth. And he has been preparing that house for 2,000 years. If you get excited or jealous when you watch HGTV, stop getting jealous and start thinking that they're Jesus is preparing a house for you in heaven that's way better than any of those HGTV houses that are being built. A mansion that's paid for. A dwelling place that will last forever. That's indescribable. I'm trying to describe it. When God looked at our confused world 2,000 years ago, he saw Roman soldiers marching in the streets. He saw people looking for peace. 
and meaning. And, and he, wanted to, he wanted them to know, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. You know, if you've got, if you've ever, I want to I end with this thought. If you've ever gotten somebody a really nice gift, no matter who it is, when you give someone a really nice gift, whether you pay for it or you make it or it's sentimental or whatever, how many know how they receive it is really important? Because you did it from your heart. And how many know sometimes you, I believe all of us at some point, have given somebody a gift and the reaction wasn't what we were looking for? We wanted tears. We wanted 50,000 thanks. We, not because we just wanted them to, to be thankful for it. And church, how do you think Jesus feels when he went to that cross for all of humanity and gave the greatest gift ever given and knew that a vast majority of the world would not accept it. Think about that. Next time you get disappointed or are down because things aren't going your way, put yourself in Jesus' shoes and think about the love that he displayed on that cross, knowing that even that day, most of those people were going to forget about him and pass into eternity. And he had to stay silent. The Bible says he had to go to that cross like a lamb to the slaughter. And he had to die knowing so many people were going to reject his love. How can I communicate the indescribable gift of Jesus? Father, I thank you tonight for hope. Hope that no matter what situation I'm in, there's hope. No matter what it looks like, you can make a way. No matter what I'm going through, there's an open door. There's an answer. There's peace. There's joy. There's adoption. There's salvation. Lord, loved ones tonight, there's many of us have loved ones that we want to see get saved. And sometimes it seems hopeless. But God, the indescribable gift you've given us tonight is hope. While we're still living, while we're still breathing, there's hope. No matter how lost that loved one is tonight, there's still hope. It may be discouraging. It may be depressing. It may be something that's got you down. But you say, God, I hope. I hope I, I use this gift you've given me, Lord, which is hope. The indescribable gift. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how's your hope tonight? Is it full? Is it half empty? Is it quarter full? Are you out of hope? Tonight, if you have a gift that, that, you can, that keeps on giving, and it's hope to believe that God has already gone before us. God is already taking care of everything. We just have to do our part and then sit back and say, God, be God in this situation. You're God, no matter whether it looks like you're God or not. You're God whether it seems like you're moving or not. You're God. And I thank you for this gift that you give me tonight, which is salvation. I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste the gift. I'm going to take it and I'm going to accept it and I'm going to walk in it tonight. 
If you've never said that prayer, if you've never accepted the gift of salvation, the Bible says in Ephesians, it's, it's not by works, but it's by grace that we're saved, lest any man should boast. How many tonight could say, Pastor, pray for me. I've never given Jesus the opportunity to change my life and come in and show me what true love is and true hope is. Just lift up your hand all across this place. That's me. I'm not saved tonight. I'm not born again. You're watching online. In a moment, we're going to pray with you. You're listening on the podcast. We're going to pray with you. I know, you know, God knows your heart tonight. Where is your hope at? Is your hope in the economy? Is your hope in, in your strength? Is your hope in, in, in what you can do? Or is your hope in Jesus? My hope's in Jesus. Tonight, if you're here and you've backslidden, you've ran from the Lord, you're running from the Lord tonight. You're, 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 not, you're not taking things the way God wants you to take them, and you need to get back on track. Just lift up your hand and say, Lord, pray. Touch me tonight. Touch me tonight, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand all over this place, and as we stand, we're going to say a prayer for those that are watching online before we go offline. And I, and I want to say one more thing. I was thinking, I meant to say this in the beginning, something you might try to remember. Hope, it's an acronym like I said, I don't use them a lot, but sometimes they, they help to remember things. Hold on, pain ends. That's hope. Hold on, pain ends. It, no matter what situation you're in, that pain's going to end. And that may be in heaven. And maybe when we get to heaven. But hold on. Don't lose hope. Hold on, because that pain's going to end. Like I said Sunday, this too shall pass. That's what hope is. Your kids aren't living the way you want them to live. Your neighbors, your family, your, your situation is not where it needs to be. Hold on. It'll get better. Pain will end. And Jesus promises that. Now, he doesn't promise us that on this earth. We can, we can still hope for it. We can still believe for it. But the truth is, he says in, that, in the end of the book, I'll wipe every tear from your eyes. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more suffering. How many know that the Bible calls it, we preach about it all the time, the blessed hope is the return of Jesus Christ. Because when that trumpet blows and we go up to be with Jesus, we don't have to hope anymore because hope will be redeemed. Hope will happen. And that's what we're looking for. It says to encourage each other with these words. So until that day happens, we keep hoping. And we keep understanding that just like, you know, when you're in it, you forget that he took you through it before. And just like he took you through it before, he's going to take you through it again. Hold on. The pain will end. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight with hope that you are the Savior of the world, the light of the world, the bread from heaven. Jesus, I believe with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, and all my strength that you are who you say you are, that you died on the cross for my sins to give me the indescribable gift of salvation. Please forgive me. Wash me clean. I confess you are my Lord. Jesus, take over my life. I surrender to you. From this day forward, I'm going to live a life full of hope.
and I'm going to stand for you, and I'm going to tell others that there's hope for them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.